Find out what you love to do and you will never have to work another day in your life. We hear that all the time. We hear follow your passions, pursue your passions. We talk about retiring early. I just want to stop working. Passive income where I don't have to lift a finger and I still make money. (laughs) Society is all about that. Uh, But today we're talking about how society's biggest oppressor, namely work, is actually one of our greatest blessings. Don't go anywhere. This is the Nice Bainsboro Podcast, the number one personal development podcast for healthcare and wellness professionals. I am Nene Pablo, host of this podcast, registered nurse and creative Nice Bro. I'm excited to have Lexa and Anthony, my brother, back. Uh, introduce yourselves and what you do. Lex? Hello, I'm back again. My name is Lexa. I'm Alexander's wife. That's right. I'm a nurse. And yeah, we're going to have an awesome discussion today. Absolutely. My name is Anthony Cortez. I'm an optometrist working on the DFW area. I'm just glad to be back on the pod. Yeah. Pod. In the pod. The that's, pod. How, that's how we say it. So should people hate work? That's really what we're talking about. I get so many ads talking about how, oh, you know, these three steps on how to, you know, make passive income. Quickly. Which is great. Become an affiliate marketer. The reality is that there are very, very few and far between examples that I can think of. Maybe you inherit something from, you know, from your parents or something like that. And then you ask someone to do the work for you to invest that and grow the money or something. And you don't have to lift a finger. But someone had to do the work for you to eventually inherit that money. So at some point, there is no such thing as fully, fully passive income, you know, where you're not doing anything or it didn't require any work up front. And should we hate work? A lot of people say that millennials... We're all, we're all millennials here. Yeah. Definitely heard that before. Or that we're lazy. Lazy. I know people in my family who have said that many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's just like millennials, man, we just don't like to work, you know? And actually there is data and, you know, surveys that Gallup has done that sort of re-emphasizes or confirms that. Uh, Gallup says uh, in an article that I was reading earlier, I think this is from 2016, but it says... Millennials are the job hopping generation. Y'all know what that means. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Unattached from the organization institutions. In other words, they're not loyal to an institution or an organization. Before it was just like, I'm going to work here and I'm going to die here and you're going to give me my pension, all this stuff. One job for my whole life. Growth. You Be- go find the a be- job find with the, the best benefits, all this stuff. And you're faithful and loyal to that company. No such thing, bro. For, for millennials, it's like, I, I'm not loyal to, to you. If anybody comes by and offers me even a little bit better or a little bit more money or a better schedule, anything, I'm not going to be loyal to you. Which is not entirely bad. It's not entirely bad. I'm going to talk about that. So we hop from company to company more frequently than any other generation, and we don't stay at one place. It says here that 21% of millennials have changed their job in the past year. So when you think of wow. millennials a fifth, at large, a fifth of the millennial millennial workforce, yeah, are, yeah, and you might think, well, it's because they're early on in their career and they're trying to find their groove, right? You might think that guilty, but <laughs> look at this: sixty percent of millennials are constantly open to new opportunities for work, meaning that they are continually searching. More than half of them are like looking and looking and looking, which you said. It could be a good thing. Could be a good thing, yeah. Hopping around. Uh, even if 
just because just thinking in salary terms, a lot of times I've heard other millennials speak on the fact that they're like, well, that's probably the easiest way to raise your salary is switching jobs, finding another job who's going to pay you more. So that way, instead of like just waiting for that year to year increase, 3%, I don't know how what much it is. Like 2%, yeah. But instead, if you just find another job, usually you can get a quicker raise in your salary. Yeah, I've heard I've heard more expe- experienced employees too. Like the people that have been in the workforce for like 20, 30 years, they tell you, actually, I've heard some of them give me advice that, hey, you need to always be looking for a open position, always be looking for a better opportunity because- like you said, you can make more money. You increase your salary much faster than somebody or in their words, like me, who's been here for 13 years. They haven't been giving me good raises or, you know, I see all these young people that are making so much more than I was at their age because they've worked three different hospitals or three different jobs. And I've been in the one place since I started. And I think that's that's one benefit of being able to change and opportunities for growth. I think that sounds really good what you were saying that they're constantly open to new opportunities. Number one, making more money. And number two, learning new skills. Yeah. I think that a lot of people will see these numbers and they say, well, the reality is they are lazy. Because I was reading some other articles too, and it was kind of describing how millennials are looking for more than just a a company that will give them good pay or something. They're looking for a company that will meet their needs and all that stuff and where they feel like they belong. Yeah, or as soon as they encounter the smallest inconvenience, us millennials are like, you know what? I'm leaving. Screw this. I'm Screw going. this job. <laughs> yeah, so they're very, because they're very sensitive or it's if something offends them or if there's something that they're, you know, might be uncomfortable with, whatever it may be, they look to the organization to have their back, probably more so. I would say, than maybe other generations, you know? Right. Um, And I could admit, you know, that that probably there's a little bit of that or there's a lot of us who are that way. But that is generalizing if you say all of us are that way. But I do think that especially with the culture of follow your passions, I think a lot of times when you see those numbers of us millennials looking for other jobs, 60%, the reality really is that millennials aren't necessarily all lazy but we just really, really are people who are fundamentally searching for a very, very strong why. If you think about the mindset, maybe 50, 60 years ago, get done with education or maybe don't even finish your education, get a job, a stable job so you can sustain your family, build a family, have kids, build a home, have grandchildren. You know, it's like a very linear progression of life. Your work life was not probably your biggest purposeful mission. You know, it wasn't something that fulfilled you necessarily. Maybe it was just a means to an end, a means to funds to be able to do things with your family. Maybe it's that that was their why to provide, to provide a a life for their family. And so I don't know, I don't want to call it a privilege, but boomers uh, have that mindset where there's, there's not really a, a stable life for my family. So I'm going to make that and that'll be my mission. Now that we have that quote unquote, let's just assume most people have it, then I already have the stable life. Now I'm searching for something else. I need something to fulfill my inner heart to feel happy in what I do. And then that's why it's not like work is your life. Now you want to find a life outside of your work. Or you want your work to be your fun activity or be your passion, you know, because now you're no longer looking for work. You're looking for a purpose. Mm-hmm. The context of culture back then is we're in a post-war period, right? Mm-hmm. We 
we just finished with the world wars. It was really turbulent. Now I'm going to focus on stability. Now, since we've experienced the blessing of not being at war <laughs> in a world war, we are looking for something different. It gives us time to dig in deeper and find a strong why. I think ultimately yeah. it comes down to that was solid, by the way. Good job. <laughs> but I think that I think that ultimately it's going to come down to a balance. Like you have to have the backbone to go and do your job, work and be thick skinned, but also it's important to find uh, something that makes you happy and find your purpose too. So there's pros and cons for both. Absolutely. And you're right. I think there needs to be a balance. At the end of the day, I think it's important to realize regardless of anything or any generation that you're a part of is that work itself is not the problem. So if we're not fulfilled with something, perhaps it's the job that we have and not work itself. Because when we're running to leisure and when we're, we're running to relax and all this stuff and kind of like have fun and vacation. It takes work to plan a vacation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So work is even involved in things that are, you know, like hobbies and stuff like that. Work itself, like we got to get that in our brains. That work itself is a blessing full stop, a gift from God. And a job includes work in it, but a lot of times, you know, a job isn't fulfilling. And I think that's totally valid. I think it's totally valid for you to say, my job is not fulfilling me. I'm going to look for something else. But if you're here and you're saying, I hate work, man. Work doesn't fulfill me. Bro, what are you saying? What are you working on? Work is fulfilling. Leisure. Oh, this is so good. Follow me. L I'm trying to follow. No, you. listen right here. So this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. People live one of two ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. They either work in order to relax and rest mm -hmm. or they rest and relax in order to work. Yes. And I think we need to be people. I need to be, I, I, we need to be people who rest and relax in order to work. The, yes. I, I think I have to ex understand more what you're saying by we need to rest in order to work. It's, it's almost like I'm thinking backwards now because yeah. I'm used to hearing, you know, work so hard so that you can take a, a break. But then that also, I, I agree with you that it's almost, it's almost like the weekend comes and that's your rest. And then Sunday night comes and now you're dreading Monday because you have to go back to work. That's a job problem. Yeah. I'm trying to think here because when I go back to scripture, okay, we go back to the Bible. There are two verses that I wanted to cover. And that was, this is Proverbs 14, 23. It says, all work brings a profit. All work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And then there's another verse, Genesis 2, 15 says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So obviously God is commanding work, right? It's important. But at the same time, maybe my perspective was a little too extreme because it does say in scripture that God rested on the seventh day, right? After all the work that he's done. And I don't think that necessarily God rested so that he could pick up work again. It was more so as a reminder. I, I think I see what you're saying. I had to kind of mull it over a little bit. But I think that when it comes to resting, it's like acknowledging the accomplishment of work. Yeah. So you're you go rejoicing into work. and re yes. Yeah. That's the resting that you have. So you have the the work and you're excited. You enjoy it. Then you pause and you're like, oh man, that was so. I feel so accomplished. Mm. Yeah. That's the that's the kind of work we want to get into though. It's the stuff that fulfills us so that when we mm. are exhausted, we're exhausted in a good way. And then we were talking earlier, Alexa, you and I about some actual 
benefits to work on the psyche? There's an article on psychology today called what psychological benefits do you get from work? And it's a pretty long article, but they had seven main benefits that you get from working. Um, and this is specifically professional work. Number one being friendship. You know, you it's a place that you can build friendships if you maybe you're an introvert or you don't feel comfortable going into social settings outside of work to make friends. You're going to make friends at work. You have to talk to people. <laughs> For all you introverts out there, yeah, <laughs> they're mean, like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like you can make good friends at work and like hang out with them outside of work. So it's a, it's a good way to have social interaction. Number two is stability. Just being able to have that constant in your life, going to work, accomplishing something, coming home. Number three is an intellectual challenge. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing what the article said. It doesn't say exactly that, but being able to solve problems. And then number four, a positive identity and self-worth is mm. comes from that consistent being able to accomplish things, solve problems. You have a good track record, really. Then number five, obviously you earn money. You have funds to yeah. fund your hobbies or other projects. And, it, you know, interesting side note is that this article talked about the you live to work or you work to live, mm-hmm. almost like that. It's a little bit similar, to, similar saying, to what you're saying. And, you know, it's important for us to decide what we want mm-hmm. out of our work mm-hmm. because some people are okay going to their job and not being fulfilled by it. It brings them funds and they can be fulfilled outside of their professional work. Number six is understanding. You increase your understanding of the world, yourself, and other people whenever you go to work. Number seven is you contribute to public good because you're ultimately working on something that's not for yourself yeah. if you're professionally doing that. So those are good things that we gain from professional work. I want to say professional work because there is work that is not in the workplace. I just want to stick up for those people who are not in the corporate world. We'll just say there are stay-at-home moms. There are housewives. There are people who are doing unconventional types of work. It doesn't just have to be a job or a project that gains income that counts as work. Working can be outside of a job. Mm -hmm. Because if you wake up, you make your bed, that's working. You cook, you're you're working. You're cleaning, you're working. It's all work. So you can still be fulfilled with that work. Character building, personal development, man, that is work. It takes time. I mean, we're working right now, so. (laughs) Hey. I mean, (laughs) it's like, are we getting paid? (laughs) Are we getting paid? That's coming. Someday. Anyways, yeah, so just there's benefit in work. We could go into the benefits intellectually, but we can agree that. Okay. Yep, that's it. <laughs> we totally can agree on that. We can agree that solving problems is good for our minds. Yes. You know, continuing to do that, whether it's in a professional environment or home, there are so many things that we can do that stimulate our brain and allow us to have that positive self image, allow us to. Feel accomplished. Feel accomplished. Another side note, whenever you create a great home, whenever you are raising kids, maybe, whatever your situation is, working on something will benefit the public good if you focus on serving others. And you can do that at home. Yep. One thousand percent. I'm really glad that you brought that up. To kind of wrap things up, I want us to kind of talk directly to healthcare and wellness. I love at the end you were talking about the public, the good, the contributing to the public good, right? And that's exactly what health and wellness really is doing. It's it's a humanitarian front. I mean, you're going out there and you're helping other people. And that really is the work that we need to fall 
in love with when we think about our professions outside of the work that we do even in our homes, right? So I'm saying exclusively into healthcare. So let's speak a little bit about that. How does that apply to our jobs now in healthcare and in wellness? I think as healthcare professionals, there are also like I'm talking about just my case, not only do we have jobs, but we have people working for us as well. Are we providing those qualities in the workforce Mm. to the people that we're either employing or that um, are reporting to us? Am I making your job something that you enjoy? Fulfilling work. Fulfilling work. Yeah. Am I making your job fulfilling work or am I making a dreadful job? A lot of times we think about ourselves, you know, is the hospital paying me enough? Is the hospital or the clinic, am I satisfied? Okay, yes, but are you satisfying your people as well? How about their work? Are they enjoying their work? The people who report to you. Exactly. Yeah. That's something also that you would encourage people who are running these clinics or hospitals, people who are maybe not in the healthcare field, right? Are they providing their staff in the hospital, in the clinics, like you said, the business execs? (laughs) Are they providing a place where nurses and doctors and RTs and dietitians and PTs are flourishing because they love the work that they do? Or do they see it as a task list of things that they need to check off because it's a job? But I think that that is so important. I just want to say there's a really great episode on the Financial Independence Podcast that was interviewing a person that did experience early retirement but chose to go back into work. Although it was part-time, there were many reasons why. I encourage you to go listen to it. The conclusion of that episode kind of touched on how he went back to work because he was struggling with some mental health issues. He had started his own business while he was still in the workforce, got financially independent, and then decided to retire early. Then he chose to go back to work because he was missing something. He, he noted that he was missing something, and that benefit of work in his professional environment, he remembered was really, really helpful that he had friends. He had a sense of accomplishment and he had that maintained self-worth from working. And so I just kind of wanted to touch back on how even early retirement is not necessarily a solution. You know, something that we reach for and we strive for may not necessarily be the end that, that is really what we're looking for. And I think that's important whenever we focus on the work right now. Maybe one point that we can share with everybody is find something that fulfills you right now in the work that you're doing. It will not just benefit your mental health, but it will benefit others. I just wanted to go back and touch on that. If we think that the pursuit of happiness involves everything selfish, we're wrong. But when we think of the pursuit of happiness, a lot of that fulfillment that will fulfill us is because we're investing in somebody else. It's because we're doing something humanitarian. You know, you're looking for your passions. You're trying to retire early because it's all me, 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 me. You know, focus on somebody else and that may give you that fulfillment. Yeah, that's uh, the thoughts that we had on work. Um, Fall in love with work. Work is a beautiful thing and make that distinction between a job and work. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to share it with somebody else if it uh, if it was inspiring to you. We hope that it was. We want to make this bigger and bigger and better. And so uh, drop a comment below if you're watching on YouTube and, and share a five-star review on any podcast platform that you have. There are a lot of exciting things coming up. Y'all know about that. We're, we're putting in the work, no pun intended. So, And you see we put a plant back here. 
Um, but this is not going to be the final studio. We're going to start moving stuff into another room here in the house. Uh, we're hustling and uh, we're wanting to make this podcast something that you want to listen to. And so uh, we can't wait. Thank you so much. Remember to be a positive force and influence within healthcare and society. Que Dios me lo bendiga. When I would listen to podcasts before I became a podcaster myself, I didn't realize how much leaving a five-star review helped. And so now on this side, I just want you to know that it really does mean a whole lot when people review and share the content. So if you enjoyed it, please share it with somebody and leave a five-star review on whichever platform you use, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And if you're interested, you can also find us on social media at NiceVeinsBro or shop online at NiceVeinsBro.com. My personal stuff you can find under Nene Pablo, which is spelled N-E-N-E-P-A-B-L-O. I spend most of my time on YouTube making vlogs and videos and on Instagram. So I would love to connect with you. And remember, be a positive force and influence within healthcare and society. It's all about God, wellness, and purpose here. Thank you for listening. Find out what you love to do, and you will never have to... (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>